How do you get a regular game started? Why is it that, very often, I quickly get overwhelmed by anxious panic? How can I keep playing long enough to enjoy the game I want to play? Jay's gonna bring me back Give me a plus one to attack Oh, oh, oh I want to come back to the dice Oh, 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 oh I think I need some good advice I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah Oh, yeah. Hello, my name is Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue. Welcome. I hope you're well. Thank you for downloading this episode and pressing play. My biggest problem is that while I'm always keen to start a new game, I find it incredibly hard to keep turning up session after session and enjoy the game longer term. The core of this problem lies with my own anxieties and beliefs about gaming. Today, I wanted to share one of the methods I've been testing out to overcome this challenge. As with all aspects of my role-playing games hobby, I've been deploying an experimental model to solve the problems that I face. This podcast is one of the ways in which I can feedback my findings and suggest what does and does not actually work. So, if you have a similar flakiness in your attendance to games, there might be something useful for you in here. But even if you are as regular as a healthy bowel, well, maybe you'll pick up one or two ideas along the way as well. Let's dive in. The problem is simple. I want to play a particular game and I start out with the intention of playing an ongoing campaign. Sometimes I can get to session one and even occasionally I can get to session two. Anything beyond three sessions is a serious achievement. Getting to six or more has only happened, for me, once in more than 10 years. Each time a game fails, I feel worse about myself and about my ability to run a good game. And each time I drop out of playing in a game, as opposed to being the GM, I feel flaky and it drives my self-confidence into the gutter. In short, I am an anxious gamer who cannot hold a game for more than a few sessions. I used to think I was alone in this problem, but three years of podcasting and speaking with many more gamers has revealed a stunning truth. Most gamers are flaky. We hide it well, of course. My modus operandi for 20 years or more was to buy lots and lots of games. I would buy a new game with the intention of trying it out. I'd propose a read-through, and if the game looked good, then I'd run a one-shot. Running one-shots is great, I would argue, because we get to try out lots of games and explore lots of interesting worlds. Variety is the spice of life, I'd say. But the reality is slightly different. We buy lots of games so quickly that they pile up in ridiculous stacks, or as so much digital cruft, and we couldn't possibly read all of them fast enough, let alone get them all to the table. Instead, we acquire and we dream. We read and imagine and we hope, but we rarely bring games to the table. It's always out there in the future. 
And when we do, we interest fellow players enough to get a game session or three. And, and well, then we realise that we either didn't like the game as much as we thought or, more commonly, we're just keen to move on to the next game. My theory, speaking strictly for myself and from my own experience, is that this is a reasonably sophisticated avoidance strategy. Oh, okay, it's, it's not that sophisticated, but it is about avoidance. The big fears that lie inside of me are all about my perceived inability to run any game with the excellence and depth that I dream of attaining, and to do so for any length of time. Much easier to game hop, like a fly at a buffet, tasting a little of this and a bit of that, because then I will never have to face the thing I fear most, trying to run a deep, long game with committed players that doesn't suck. Underneath the avoidance are some interesting beliefs, again, speaking strictly for myself, including, but not limited to, the belief that role-playing games are best when they are played long-term. The desire to explore the fantastic worlds and the universes that engage me, and the sure and certain idea that I am inadequate to the task. While many players and GMs would reject the first two beliefs as false, and I have given them both deep consideration, I have come to the conclusion that I'm willing to accept them. I think that playing one-shots is a pale shadow of the possibilities inherent in role-playing games. My appetites run towards immersing myself in deeply rendered worlds which have secrets and truths to uncover. It's the last belief that I am inadequate to the task. That's the one that's spurious. So the problem can be restated. I am an anxious gamer who cannot hold a game for more than a few sessions because I believe I am inadequate as a GM or as a player to the challenge of exploring a deep, fantastic realm through the lens of deeply realized characters. As a consequence, I game surf. I buy games I will never play to mask this problem. I run short-lived games because sooner or later the challenge is going to appear too scary to continue and the easiest way to avoid it is to switch game. And all of this is compounded by my personal experience of life and learning, perhaps best described by Barbara Scher as being a scanner, one who is always scanning the horizon looking for both danger and opportunity, but rarely able to settle. I am always moving on, searching, seeking, looking for enjoyment in many of the wrong places. Based on observation of my own behaviour and a good period of therapy, reading, research and reflection, I began to come up with a series of initial experiments designed to change the way I think about gaming. First and most important, finding a routine. The short version of this experiment is that you are trying to see what it feels like to show up on a schedule regularly. The belief was simple. No point running a long game because players will constantly drop out anyway, so the game will always fail. The underlying assumption here was, basically, that the reasons games fail is because players bail out. And of course, the pervasive belief in gaming culture is that if your game is any good, players will keep showing up. 
and I call bullshit on all of that. Firstly, the reasons for players leaving a game are more complex than the idea that your game sucked and they are seeking something else. Sometimes that's true, but not always. Also, the idea that your players are showing up because your game is great is also a fallacy. Some players are showing up because, weird though it might sound, they like the other people, possibly even including you, who are at the table. Some people are playing your game because it's the only iteration of your chosen system or a particular world. For example, finding RuneQuest players is very hard, but if you do find some, they would probably stick with you even if your game wasn't very good. My point? Player attendance is not a useful guide to the quality of your game. One of my players has gamed with me through 23 years despite the fact, and he has told me this in the past, that I don't run enough D&D and all my games are too short-lived. I actually think games fail because I self-sabotage them. I start out with a cool idea, I do enough to get it started, I lose confidence in my ability to deliver on the rest, convince myself that it's too hard to do it right, stop prepping, start to denigrate the game, start flaking out on sessions and inevitably declare the game dead. I kill most of the games I run. I also tend to bail on games I play in. I am, frankly, a nightmare to have at the table. But there I go again, feeding the narrative which says I am inadequate. I am, frankly, the author of my own failure. First experiment. What would it feel like to turn up to a session regularly? Prediction. It would feel good, but it would not be sustainable because either stuff would block my attendance or players would be blocked from attending and that in turn would cause it to fail. Well, I'm here to suggest that the group should meet. You should meet regularly. You should meet even if the GM can't attend. You should meet because the meeting is more important than you realize. Routine, it turns out, is the beginning of a good game turn up on a schedule. It doesn't matter how frequent the schedule is, but it needs to be sacrosanct. It needs to be committed to. Even if the GM isn't prepped, everyone who can possibly attend needs to attend. If nothing else, just talk and spend time as friends, get to know each other, and at best, play the game. But turn up, regularly. Play another game if the GM is absent, play a board game, do something together, even if it's just talking and shooting the breeze, as the Americans are fond of saying. Why? Because turning up to a session feels good. Turning up regularly builds a habit. Building a habit for all the players. That will do more for your game's success than any other single thing you could do. I don't care how good your game is. If the players aren't regular and they don't show up, your game will be worse. Missing players means dealing with the question of what to do with their character. Missing GM means the game is paused, but the group needs to persist. What I'm learning is that the session is more important than the game. As teens, we used to play daily, but what we played was flexible. Most days, it was Rollmaster. Sometimes the GM for Rollmaster wasn't in the mood or he wasn't prepped, so 
We played Star Frontiers or Traveller. What mattered was playing, being together. We need, I feel, to recover that spirit. Daily gaming is probably no longer possible. Weekly gaming is a stretch and usually fairly unlikely for a lot of busy people. My dream is weekly, but both my games are currently bi-weekly, once every two weeks. Monthly is just too infrequent for me, but your mileage may vary, as they say. But here's the thing. Recover the spirit. Turn up. Be together. Play or don't play, but spend time together. It's the biggest, least talked about secret in gaming. And sure, turn up and play one-shots if that's what you enjoy. Nothing wrong with that. But believe me, once you turn up regularly and form a habit, your group will soon be hankering to move into a deeper, longer game. And you'll have built the foundation to do it. You'll have learned to turn up. And what about that anxiety? Well, you'll have proved to yourself that you can at least turn up. I think that's the most vital skill to learn in any aspect of life, to be professional enough about your activities to commit to them. It really is that simple. Game on. First of all, thanks again for listening to the show. It was truly generous of you, and I very much appreciate you taking the time. Next up, I want to share the call-ins which, at the time of recording, I have so far received in response to my question in episode one, what's it for? And for those who missed that episode, the question I asked was just that. What is a tabletop role-playing game for? Here are some answers from listeners. Thank you to every one of them for showing up and letting me know their thoughts. H.A. Jason here. I've actually paused your first episode of the new season at the call-ins to respond to your question. What's it for? The reason I play role-playing games is to share time with my friends. I like the social interaction. As you know, I'm a social gamer. And to have fun. Now, to me, have fun could be my characters are in dire situations and there might be some in-game stress and some worry and all that. So fun isn't just laughing. But ultimately, that's it. I'm not as concerned about puzzles and exploration or all that, although I'm fine with all that. But to me, for Jason, it's about having a good time with my friends. And role-playing games let us explore different aspects of each other and, and go down creative paths with each other and, and have fun together. So I know that's a simplistic answer, but that's kind of the level I'm on. Hi, I'm a first-time listener and first-time caller. My name is Anthony, and I'm from the Casting Shadows podcast and blog and all that nonsense. And you've just asked, what would happen if I just started a season? Well, I'm not sure what would happen. But based on this episode, I'm really looking forward to it. I like how you've laid out the premise. And I'm interested and find a lot of correlation with how you've laid out your own answers to that question of what's it for. This is something that goes on in my groups a lot. And I'm really curious to see how you're going to go about it and and see what kind of answers you you entice out of people and what kind of discussion arises as a result of that. So I'm totally in. Looking forward to it. Take care. Hey, Jason here. Just finished listening to the call-in section of the first episode of Season 10. 
And thank you for that response to my call. And you're right. And that's something I've actually started to embrace myself that, you know, some games it's better to say, you know, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to sit that one out. I'm a social gamer. I play with my friends because I enjoy playing with my friends. I enjoy that interaction, but there are some systems I'm just not thrilled with. And in some settings I'm not really interested in. And and it's okay for me to say, listen, generic person I'm not going to name. I really enjoy playing with you. I'm not interested in that. You you run that. You guys have fun with that. And I'll join the next game, you know. And, and I've started to do that, and I think I'm going to be happier for it. And I don't know that I would have done that without your prompts and you talking about it. So thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Che, Spencer here. Really pleased to see a new season of Roleplay Rescue popping up. I know things are really tough at the moment, but um, really pleased that you've been able to find the time to put some episodes together. I know it's, uh, you know, the, the, the production values of uh, Roleplay Rescue, it must take up quite a bit of time. And... Um, yeah, yeah, just just glad that you've been able to continue. Um, RPGs, what, what's it for? Well, um, you know, I think uh, it's that, for me anyway, it's that collaborative, creative act, you know, um, the sort of, the, the, the process of play and building something together that immediacy of play, you know, creating a world in the moment. And obviously, you know, beyond that, beyond, you know, everything that goes on outside of a session, creating characters, building worlds, um, playing with rules and uh, discussing theory and reflecting on, uh, you know, play. And um, I get, I get great, pleasure out of all those things um but maybe thinking about the you know why why is it so popular now why are we seeing this resurgence i wonder if it's a response to you know the more materialistic nature of modern living and i i see that that may not feel like such a compelling argument when you look at all the paraphernalia all your stacks of books and all the minis and stuff like that but i do think there there is something to that um you know uh indulging that creative impulse um immersing yourself in imaginary worlds and um uh yeah yeah i and it's certainly in a, a in a way where so much media that we consume is kind of spoon fed to us, you know, it's, it's everything's kind of pre packaged and um, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but I'm sure there's something in there. Anyway, I look forward to uh, where, where this new season of Roleplay rescue leads us and uh, yeah, take care, man. Bye. Michael Wilster uh, wrote in on email. Thanks, Michael. He wrote, you asked a question, what's it for? For me, RPG is more of a personal hobby for personal growth. 
I am 51 years old and like many I depend on computers for a lot in my life. I have noticed some basic skills in my life have been slipping away. Like so many others I have become dependent on computers to autocorrect my spelling and provide grammar suggestions. Even my penmanship has become something I'm not happy with. This is what it's about for me. It is a hobby that I enjoy that is helping me improve some basic life skills. I do not use any technology when gaming and I force myself to improve these skills that have slipped away over the years. This is what it means to me. Have a great new year in and look forward to this season of Roleplay Rescue. Thank you, Michael. Hey, Shay, this is Carl calling and I've been wanting to leave you a message all day and I'll listen to your podcast uh, like at one o'clock in the afternoon on the blue line towards Chicago airport. And now I'm in Houston. I haven't had a chance to stop and uh, leave a message. And yeah, sorry I don't call out more often, but it's easier to leave a message from Anchor than for pa- on Patreon for me for some reason. And I get your things early, but then I'm like, uh, it's so hard to leave a message. So now that it's on Anchor, yay. But uh, what is it all for? I think that's the answer to the question. What I wanted to say is when I was at the Christmas party last night and I felt like out of place man I I really thought I'd rather be gaming than at this boat and at this Christmas party with work colleagues um, because it's because that's what I like to do and so definitely to me what it's all for is the fellowship and the socializing with people who are like minded and not normal I think right I mean or I mean I don't want to talk about I mean it's it's a biotech company and I don't like small talk Um, I I really don't want to talk about science when I'm at a party and yeah I like to have spirits and I had a Glenlivet whiskey and some Bombay Sapphire on the rocks and a couple of good beers but I don't care about that I care about gaming with my friends and exploring new worlds and learning about worlds that GM's creator that I create with the help of my players. And, um, yeah, that's what it's all for. It's about the fellowship for me. And anytime I'm at a party, I pretty much think um, I'd rather be gaming. Isn't it so interesting? And I want to say thank you to all the guys. And a lot of those messages included, you know, praise and sounds of appreciation for what i did in the first episode of the season so thank you very much for that those generous comments really do warm my heart and i really appreciate them so thank you but also thank you for your thoughts as well um a real interesting sort of range of ideas about what's it for Uh, and a lot of it is about something i just said earlier in this episode really which is this idea that we're getting together because we like to get together and getting together is almost more important than what we specifically do. So I don't know, I'm just going to leave that one there. And if you've got any other thoughts, you hadn't yet got round to calling in, or perhaps you're just a little bit reticent about doing so, please consider just hopping onto anchor.fm slash RPG Rescue. Click the little message button, you get a minute, just splurge your thoughts and let us know what you think, because it really does make a difference to the show. Anyway, thank you, Jason. Thanks, Runeslinger. Thank you, Spencer, Carl, and, of course, Michael for your email. Really appreciate it. Hope you're well. 
what a great set of calls to start off the season. And that's it for this week. Big thank you once again for showing up and listening. Roleplay Rescue is supported and funded by the generous contributions of patrons, and I want to thank every single one of them. Your generosity keeps me going. Thank you. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can join the Patreon for $1 at patreon.com slash rpgrescue. All the contact details for the podcast are in the show notes. Finally, I'd like to say another big thank you to John from Tale of the Manticore for the theme music. And that, as they say, is a wrap. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. See you again next time. Game on.